Hello, friends. Tour update, the beginning of the show. If you're hoping to see us in Nashville and Charlotte, you're out of luck. They're sold out. And if you're hoping to see us in, uh, what, Austin? Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. If you're hoping to see us in Atlanta, a few tickets still available. Um, so please, if you want to see us in Atlanta, act now. Um, and then after that, we've got March 18th in Dallas, Texas at the Echo Lounge and Music Hall. March 22nd, Houston, Texas, the White Oak Music Hall, and March 24th in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Civic Theater. Tickets still available. Please come out. We'd love to see you guys on our tour of the South, especially in Atlanta if you are biologically related to me because I'd like to just take down your information in case I need a kidney one day. When we're in Texas, we promise that each show we will have larger and larger hats. Yeah. I am planning on getting fatter than ever in Texas. So, yes, uh, tickets still available, com slash live. The tour is coming up real soon, boys. Real soon. We're, we're getting real close to hit, hitting exciting. the road. We have not been on the road since 2020. So, wait, no, 2019, actually. It was. Fuck. Yeah. I, I, ta- no, we were in 2020. 2020, yeah. Yeah. Like about yeah, yeah, two okay, years ago. Yeah. The Bernie tour. Last time we were on the road, we had so much fun. That they had to create a virus to stop us. What are they going to do next? What are you better be here this time because there might be a new airborne virus that they make because they're like these boys are going too crazy. So yes, uh, please come see us live. Tickets still available. Uh, tour coming up very soon. All right, let's start the show. Uh, greetings, friends, and happy Valentine's Day 2022. Uh, to everyone out there who has love in their life, hold it dear. Keep it with you all times. True love will never die. Um, for those of you who don't have love in your life, um, stop listening now. Go out and find it. Seriously. Without love, life is not much worth living. Um, but if you love us, I guess that still counts. So, gentlemen, uh, coming uh, straight into Valentine's Day off Super Bowl weekend, I would like to apologize at the beginning of today's show for some comments I made during the Dan Beckner episode about Ukraine. When I said that global thermonuclear war was imminent and going to happen this weekend, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I let my emotions get the better of me. My sources tell me that this will indeed happen this week, Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, but I will promise to be more just judicious in the future. I'm sorry for nudging coverage in a certain direction, but I was assured by sources within the U.S. government that a Russian invasion and a nuclear, nuclear counterstrike was going to happen. I got carried away, but I thoroughly believe it still will happen. So now that we've got that out of the way, what did you guys make of the Super Bowl? Did you guys watch? I mean, I, I first of all, I know Chris is devastated right now. Lifelong Cincinnati Bengals fans. It came so close at the end, and the goddamn zebras stole it from them to give it to to Hollywood Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams, one of the most uh, the oldest and most iconic franchises in the NFL. Yeah, that's just sour grapes. My my Rams deserve to win that game as as the only lifelong L.A. Rams fan. Uh, in the country, I, I got to say that I was absolutely ecstatic. It must have been a joy to be in L.A. last night. It was amazing. The The number of uh, of disinterested uh, non-responses was breathtaking. Dozens and dozens of fans over the Los Angeles areas who were in a state of absolute ecstasy. Yeah, Silver Lake was just, I mean, it was like Watts in 92 or something. It was crazy. <laughs> People were overturning Priuses. People were lighting lattes on fire. Uh, a lot of... Tesla's when it burst into flames, but it turns out that that was just what they do there. Nobody had to do anything to make that happen. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I always watch the big game for one reason, and that's the commercials. So let's begin this episode by uh, giving a rundown of uh, some of the ads or some of the ads that ran last night, which I think, you know, Super Bowl ads, they're they're like a vision of the future. They sort of, they're the pace car for what to expect in the year to come. So uh, based on that, um, let's take a look at it. Uh, Slate.com has uh, provided a rundown of, in their their words, the best, worst, and sketchiest Super Bowl commercials of 2022. So let's let's see where we go here. Um, 
uh, ranked among the best uh, coming in in the first spot for them. First spot for them was the uh, David Chase directed Chevy electric Silverado commercial that essentially recreates the opening credits of the Sopranos, but with Meadow driving um, an electric uh, Chevy Silverado um, uh, into New Jersey and then meeting AJ at the end of it. And what I, what I think meeting at the diner where, um, I mean, if you, if, if you believe certain interpretations, they watch their father be um, killed in front of their eyes. So uh, I like that ad, but it would have been, I think more would have been a little extra realistic if they had shown AJ uh, pulling up on like one of those rented scooters because, right. you know, cause I, yes, Meadow having her own electric truck totally makes sense driving from her condo in, in Manhattan. But I, I would like to have seen it intercut with like AJ saying goodbye to his four roommates that he still lives with and taking an electric scooter. And then making sure that uh, Meadow paid for lunch. <laughs> uh, was uh, so, Carmella in the ad or not? I didn't see any of these. I'm going to be honest with you. I was just no, I was tweeting about Eminem at the halftime show, but I didn't see I didn't see a fucking second of this stuff. I didn't see the ad. Um, it was just uh, AJ and Meadow. That was it? It was all yeah. But it was, it was it was Meadow was driving the car, and it was you know it was woke up this morning. You know, got yourself a gun, got a blue moon in your eye. And got a, a, Chevy, a Chevy electric Silverado sitting under your ass as you cruise through the beautiful uh, garden. That thing state. looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. a real terrible looking car, like Aztec level, uh, miserable looking. Well, I mean, like if, if we view the Super Bowl as a preview of things to come, I mean, electric cars, a lot of electric car ads. And they weren't they weren't Tesla ads either. It seems like um, electric cars are going to be a thing in the future. R.I.P. Bolivia. You're fucked. <laughs> uh, Felix didn't watch the Super Bowl because he was too busy tweeting. Is there a sports ball on? Yeah, no. I was doing all that. I was like, um, you know, well, why, why, why can't there be a Scholastic Bowl that everyone watches? Why can't there be one of those competitions? Why does there? Why, why does it have to be like? Oh, does uh, is one man better at running than the other man? How about just who's a better man? Mm. The good, the yeah. good men project should uh, sponsor the Super Bowl. Yeah. How about an ethics challenge? How about they put like a hot married woman in front of two guys, and they have to, <laughs> um, the, the the I don't know. This would be pretty hard to do, but it's like it's two married women, and they're both like, oh, I give up pussy to anyone, and uh, the one got like whoever doesn't do it. Whoever is just like, oh, I'm going back to the locker room to jack off. He wins. Hot married women only want sex. They want sex now. But if you accede to their wishes, you lose the ethics Super Bowl because they are married. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up is an ad for a company called ClickUp. Uh, I don't remember this ad. I was probably in the kitchen or something. Uh, but Slate describes it as ClickUp, a project management cloud co collaboration thingy ran its first Super Bowl spot this year, and it was the most memorable of a bunch of similar ads from companies whose products are tailored for the needs of the COVID-derived virtual office revolution. The commercial was set at the Declaration of Independence, which would have been a much more effective process if the framers had used ClickUp instead of quill pens and parchment paper. I did not see I'm this a... ad. I was watching the whole Super Bowl, <laughs> fucking Super Bowl. I did not see that. Uh, the, the author of this piece says, I'm a sucker for framer humor. Though I will say ClickUp missed a real opportunity to appeal to the 1776 heads in the audience, all 12 of us, by casting William Daniels to reprise his role as John Adams. He's like yes, 95 yeah. <laughs> years old. You're going to torture yes. Mr. Feeney? <laughs> yes, yes. Daniels is 94 right now, but he's a robust 94. Next year, guys. Not a thing. I, 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 do, I appreciate the author said. I'm a big, fra I'm a big fan of framer humor. <laughs> Any 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 framers constitution or declaration of independence based humor. Somebody puts I'm a powdered wig on, you know I'm laughing. Um, so yeah, click up. I guess it's just sort of like a yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just a way to work remotely. I don't know. Like I said, I don't. This doesn't sound real. Yeah. I think they this person <laughs> was like in a poorly ventilated room or something, and they got the commercial that they wanted. They 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 fantasized it because that did not happen on my television. Sorry. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got um, 
the the Doctor Evil Austin Powers uh, General Motors electric car ad. Uh, this one is described as it has recently become a bit of a Super Bowl trend for advertisers to reunite the cast of beloved movies for spots that function as mini sequels or at least exist in the same universe as the original films. While ah, these sorts of <laughs> I wonder why that is. Why they literally have to just hump the corpse of of previously enjoyed IP. I wonder why that is. While these sorts of ads always attract attention, a brand can risk alienating viewers if their spot feels demonstrably crappier than the source material or feels in any way exploitative of the original characters. General Motors, I am pleased to report, did its source material proud with its pitch-perfect riff on the Austin Powers films. In the commercial, Dr. Evil and his team, now in charge of GM, resolve to save the world with electric vehicles before destroying it at some later unspecified date. The plan makes no sense, but then again, neither did any of Dr. Evil's plans in the actual movies. Yeah, baby, it's one of the top ads of the night. <laughs> oh, damn. I like it when you can tell that a writer is feeling themselves, will they? They put something together. I would, uh, I would add in the note that um, you would no longer call him Fat Bastard. He would just be regular-sized American Bastard. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I was. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm. I'm always nervous when I see beloved film characters like Doctor Evil paraded out to shill electric cars for a company like General Motors. But I simply, I must agree with the author. Author, they certainly did justice to the original films. I mean, it, it felt lived in. It felt real. It felt like an extension of the Austin Powers universe, and I, I hope it will lead to a fourth Austin Powers film. That's also a commercial for an electric car. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, God, I don't remember this one either. Okay. Uh, Greenlight, a new Super Bowl advertiser this year, is a financial technology company that makes debit cards and budgeting apps for children and families. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Why do children need a budget? That's not a good sign. <laughs> Isn't that just called why, an why, allowance? Why, why would they not need it? Your kid because, doesn't yeah, do your kid, your kid doesn't like do the like. The parents should be in charge of that kind of thing. You know, no, no one really has time to do that to look after that i mean i have i have three or four kids i don't really know they're all doing only fans they're all doing <laughs> child only fans and like i can't look after their bank accounts i'm worrying about my own life i guess this is about yeah like teaching your child grind set so that they yeah. are prepared for life just running frantically uh before penury that's sounds very good what i don't remember this either what was the ad uh, the ad starring Modern Family is Ty Burrell was very funny. Oh, yes, and, I remember this. <laughs> okay. I also found it sort of self-serving. <laughs> it's, an, it's an advertisement. Mm. It's an ad. <laughs> I find oh, it very. So I, I found the ad a little uh, sort of crassly self-serving of the interests of Greenlight, the family financial planning app. Uh, it says, Burrell played a spendthrift version of himself who wastes all of his money on frivolous purchases, such as a Fabergé egg, a suit of armor, and a hot air balloon with his headshot on it. What do you mean I'm broke, he says at the end of the ad, as the onlooker tells his children. This is why mom and I use Greenlight, to teach you about money. Fair, but also two things. Parents have taught their children about money for countless generations without Greenlight's help. And two, do kids actually need debit cards? The real lesson here is if you have a very stupid product to peddle, you should try to sell it to Ty Burrell. Boom, roasted. Oh, I yeah. mean, like the joke is like, oh, he doesn't have any money, but like, does he not have any money? Because why? Like Modern Family is, you know, that's one of those at this point, like Seinfeld level uh, cash cows with uh, syndication and everything. Why the hell is he doing the fucking commercials? I mean, I'm sure he's making like, a, like I think all of them are making like a million dollars plus. But what do you do with Family. it? <laughs> I mean, I was like, he doesn't need fucking green light. He could buy a fucking triceratops skeleton and suit of armor every day for the rest of his life, and he would still be rich. It, I and do also, wonder like, about that with the celebs who do like. I understand like at this point, there's no real uh, uh, stigma on doing ads, so it's like, why not do it? But at the same time, like, what what are you doing with the money? I would like to know specifically what, like, I would like any celeb who doesn't add to explain specifically what the, what their plan for the money is. Cause I would like, I think that'd be interesting to know. Well, are, aren't actors like they're, they're kind of a uh, psycho in that way. Like they feel like they always need to be working and I'm sure, I'm sure they just like they're spendthrifts, right? They probably, a lot of them probably like live paycheck to paycheck like syndication check to syndication check it's others possible, yeah. like you know spend every dollar they make but i'm sure like 
you know, with like Larry David or something, you know, Larry David did that crypto ad. I'm sure that when you already have anywhere from like 10 to $500 million and you get a check for a million dollars, you're like, oh, well, I can like buy a Bugatti, you know, I can just, just I can spend $800,000 of this like $2 million check and like buy a Bugatti and then pay the taxes and then there will be like none left. But, you know, I would like to know it's like specifically what Larry David wants to do with his crypto money. I would like to know what what Larry David is imagining. Like, oh, like Larry David in a Bugatti, for example. I would like to see uh, evidence of this or whatever he's he's doing with it. Uh, just a, a quick note about the oh, a detail in this commercial where it says, okay, so uh, uh, Ty Burrell, um, he buys Fabergé eggs, and then he goes, "What do you mean I'm broke?" And then um, uh, it says, "This is why Mom and I use Greenlight to talk to you about money." I mean, like, were they in the same family as Ty Burrell? Because it's their money, too. I mean, the family's broke. They'll, they're going to be yeah, in true. for it's the like, rest of their life. Do they give him an allowance? Is that how that works? <laughs> what? Maybe it's just a, it's just another family who's looking at Ty Burrell being like, I'm broke. You fucking loser. My life is ruined. <laughs> so I thought I got Ty Burrell mixed up with the guy who plays, like, the, the large, like, gay brother. Ty Burrell kind of looks like a mix of Rob Delaney, um, me, and uh, who's the guy? Who's the Eternals guy who did steroids? <laughs> Kumail Kingo. Yeah, it looks Kingo. like a Kingo. combination of me, Kumail, and Rob Delaney. Uh, so the most handsome but, man in the universe. Yeah, no, he he looks swagged out. What character did he play in Modern Family? I've never really seen. He's that the show. wacky dad. He's Phil the wacky dad. Well, is that like consistent with his character? Is he like the type of guy who would spend all his money and be like, oh, I need uh, my, my kid needs a line of credit because I'm so foolish. He is. He is the fool of the show, certainly. Or maybe he was portraying the actor Nicolas Cage in the ad. Ah, there's a guy who knows how to spend his money. OK, uh, next up, we have Lay's. Uh, this is this is the Lay's potato chip commercial with Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen uh, playing themselves. And they're like uh, they're at they're at Seth's wedding. And they're recounting to each other like the, the all the good times they've had together, and then I guess like the uh, like the, the the turn the twist of the ad is one of the good times they had together was like being haunted by some sort of the ring style um, girl ghost, and then like the rug pull at the end of the episode is that Seth Rogen is getting married to the ring goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that one. It was fine. It just just the knowledge that. If that commercial had been made, I guess, like a, 10 years ago, that would have been uh, James Franco, not Paul Rudd, but he's now been uh, he's now been disappeared. Well, that's that's something that Joe Biden can do is un me to James Franco. That's one of the powers the president has. It Stroke kind of got overshadowed. Yeah, it got overshadowed by January 6th. But uh, the Congress passed a law that said the president can like it's like a pardon. They can un me to someone. Uh, next up is the McDonald's Kanye West ad. And it says here, McDonald's, I, I, I missed this one too. It says, McDonald's gently satirized the indecision we all feel when faced with the tyranny of choice that is the modern day fast food menu. <laughs> no facts. <laughs> uh, so let me get uh, uh, the punchy spot cut between a bunch of different customers, each of whom, when asked for their order, responded by mumbling an inarticulate uh, who hasn't been there. Anyway, I always thought I knew what the commercial was until 20 seconds into it. Kanye West showed up for literally three seconds and what appeared to be some sort of tank, equally as indecisive as everyone else in the ad. I was confused for a bit until I realized that not only do I buy that Kanye West might eat at McDonald's, I also buy that he'd take a tank to the drive-thru and that he would then probably clog it up for 20 minutes, refusing to leave until they agreed to sell him an out-of-season shamrock shake. Why Why can't we just let Kanye cook? You know, why, why is everyone always questioning his mental health? Yeah, I don't really like the editorializing by this writer. And I do think we should get them fired, whoever this is. Yeah, like, I mean, whether he's in a tank or not. <laughs> Did you see the thing he put on Instagram this weekend where he said, I wish I was Osama bin Laden so I could have murked his dad. Speaking of Pete Davidson's <laughs> firefighter yeah. father. I mean, yeah, like, I'm sorry if you're not like, I don't, I'm not rooting for him here, but I am rooting against Pete Davidson. Like, I think every every good person should be. I'm rooting for Pete Davidson in this one. Sorry, Felix. Why? Because, I mean, I, it's just like, uh, it's just, he, he's he's found love with a, you know, like a newly divorced mother. And, you know, like he, he just, you know, wants to have a, have a nice date with her. And then he's got this, um, you know, a, a, a manic, uh, manic pop star 
um, uh, saying that he wants to Al Qaeda his whole family and <laughs> saying Davidson, that he has AIDS. No, well, I mean, he could okay, be right all, about both those about things. <laughs> Pete Davidson is literally what we're all fighting against. Like the, the kind of like, ooh, 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 oh, you know, so this is normal. Uh, uh, that the type of like bullshit self-awareness. We're all fighting against it. Unfortunately, the thing, the, the, the thing that the only thing that fights against that is like the manic BPD pop star who's like, you know, Christian now. But it, it is we have to support Kanye. It's not, you know, it's him or uh, this insufferable, insufferable man. Wow, I didn't think this would be the thing that got split the podcast and ended it forever, but I guess you'll never be able to predict. Uh, Kanye should get in touch with uh, Nick Kroll's dad on this issue. <laughs> you know. uh, uh, next up is uh, Nissan. Uh, this one is with Eugene Levy. Uh, Nissan enlists Eugene Levy for a refreshingly old-fashioned Super Bowl ad premised not on the notion that like inventing a Nissan coin will make you rich, but on the simple idea that driving a cool, fast car will make you feel like an action hero. How quaint. I don't know what this ad will do for Nissan sales, but I do know that I would absolutely watch an action movie called Thrill Driver starring a long-haired Levy as a John Wick type whose catchphrase is, well, well, cock-a-doodle-doo. Make it happen, Hollywood. This guy's standards are too low to be writing about anything. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm sympathetic to them. They are, they are trying their best to make it through this article. They're trying to, it's like trying to get down a hill sheerly through momentum. I, I mean, I don't know if I would like to see a John Wick-style action movie starring Eugene Levy, but I would like to see a John Wick-style action movie of, in which the bad guy is Dan Levy. And in fact, the bad guy is, <laughs> in, fact, in fact, the bad guy is 300 clones of Dan Levy. So we could just recreate the red circle club scene, but with hundreds of Dan Levy's. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah. And the good guy could be China because Dan Levy is an enemy of China. Because they built a new sun. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be stopped. No one remembers this because it was like three weeks ago and there's been a million like shitty things that have filled your brain since. But Dan Levy posted it was a video of like a rocket launch in China and was like, Oh, great. China's building a new sun because of course they are. (laughs) Everyone was like, that's a rocket launch. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, sigh. I'm I'm having a regular one. Uh, I would like actually to have there be no more John Wick style action movies of any kind. Let let me guess. How about no more John Wick uh, movies, period? It was fun for a while. And now it's just like everything else beaten into the ground. And there's nothing interesting to be found. I mean, my God, you want a you want a Eugene Levy, uh, John Wick movie? You think that's going to be good? They did one with Bob Odenkirk, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah. You think they're going to do better with an eighty year old? No, thank you. Uh, next up is the Planet Fitness commercial with Lindsay Lohan, and then there's a a Planters Peanuts commercial with Ken Jeong and Joel McHale. Uh, like, and then there's a that's Kevin a throwback Hart's Sam's Club commercial. Uh, yeah, don't don't really care here. What about the crypto Actually, ads? Crypto okay, I'm getting the, ads. This okay. is the first year where we have crypto ads in the uh, uh, Super okay, Bowl, I'm, which is a very good sign. It's like when Pets.com <laughs> had their first Super Bowl ad. That went uh, it's all only uh, up upward after that. To the moon. Uh, those crypto ads are in this article. I'm getting to them, but they're they're at the bottom under the the sketchiest ads. <laughs> These ads were sketch were sketched as fuck. They're sketched up. They're sketched out. Really, they were low key really sketched. Uh, no, like the, I, I'll skip a couple of these, but here, here's one I want to talk about. Uh, the Sam Adams Boston Dynamics commercial, where it was like their, their Boston guy character, and then he's hanging out with the Boston robotics uh, dogs and um, like now robotic men that they have. Um, and it was like, what, if, what, what would happen if your cousin from Boston, the brand's mass hall pitchman, got a bunch of those terrifying Boston Dynamics robots drunk? According to the ad, this scenario ends with a beer-soaked human robot dance party. According to me, if this scenario were to play out in real life, the drunk robots would probably decapitate your cousin from Boston. Frankly, I like this scenario a little bit better. Uh, If I were doing this ad, according to me, if this scenario were to play out in real life, at least one Vietnamese man would be blinded. (laughs) But yeah, uh, yeah, what if you could get a Boston Dynamics uh, Terminator drunk? The probably nothing good would happen. Yeah. I mean, they're not nothing good is happening when they're not drunk. Doesn't seem. I would tell a woman, be careful. Don't apply that peanut butter. This is not a friendly dog. 
Uh, let's just, let's skip ahead to what they deem the uh, the the sketchy ads, which were for um, uh, like online sports gambling and crypto. Uh, the first up is Caesar's Sportsbook. Um, I feel like I've seen. I feel like every time I turn on the TV, I see one of these ads with um, what's his name, uh, JB Smoove from uh, Curb Enthusiasm, and Halle Berry is Cleopatra. I mean, this is just part of like the the. I don't know. I mean, like there must have been like legislation passed recently that's just made like opened up the entire country to like yeah yeah gambling's legal. Apps. Yeah, gambling is just sports. Sports gambling is legal. They've taken it out of the casino and onto your phone, which you know I think as long as you gamble responsibly. And again, I must I must underscore that gamble responsibly. Yeah, but be good at it. But, but yeah, just be good at gam- betting on sports. And the yeah. thing is, like, gamble responsibly, but do bet on every game that is played of a certain day. Of course, but just pick the winner, idiot. Okay, next up is Coinbase. Uh, it says Coinbase, in exchange for buying and selling cryptocurrency, ran a first quarter ad that followed the grand tech company tradition of wasting tons of money on an audaciously inscrutable Super Bowl commercials. This particular spot raised the bar for screw it ad spending, consistently consisting entirely of a QR code changing colors and bouncing around the screen like a pong ball, followed by a brief acknowledgement that Coinbase had produced this deliberately confusing thing. Since my sense is that much of cryptocurrency's growth has been largely driven by low-information speculators who might decide to buy some crypto solely because they can't scan the QR code they saw in the Super Bowl, this qualifies as a very effective spot. It was hypnotic. I'll give it that. I mean, you mentioned this, uh, that like all, all the crypto ads that ran on this year like did, did have a, a, a very eerie revel, uh, uh, resonance um, to the uh, to 2000, the, the year 2000 Super Bowl with like the the pets.com, socks.com bubble. And, you know, yeah. one does get the distinct feeling that the rug pull is coming soon on all this. Yeah. And it just does seem like like every celebrity now is getting into the crypto space. You know, Matt Damon is fucking, uh, you know, he's the pitch man for some crypto company. It's like all these celebs are lending their uh, their glamour and, and, and celebrity credibility to, um, you know, you, the viewer, and enticing you to uh, invest in this very secure and stable financial asset. That should, that Absolutely. Is going to be Please. The, it's it's, it's going to great. Be foundation. You guys should all invest. Please invest. Everyone needs to invest quickly. And, and not everything's fine. It's great. Things are better than great. But you guys really need to get in on this. We would be really sad if you didn't get in on this great deal and make a lot of money here. Yeah, no, it's just, I, I mean, any sort of responsible investment portfolio to secure the financial future of yourself and your family. If you're not getting into crypto, apes, things at of that this nature, point, you're yeah, an idiot. at this point, but again, like I, I, I have to stress the most important thing is that for you, the viewer, the listener buy crypto. Yes. Sim- simply buy crypto. And, and like, yes, you, you, you will get rich along with Matt Damon, along with Larry David. And like, I don't know, like, I mean, gambling, like sportsbook gambling, Caesar sportsbook, very disturbing. I do not like the proliferation of online gambling, people being encouraged to mortgage their futures by betting on sports, sporting events. Crypto, on the other hand, I mean, you just you, you could pay off your mortgage if you if you if you invest wisely. And again, this totally safe, stable investment asset. Uh, and then I guess I guess the the granddaddy of them all is the Larry David crypto the cryptocurrency exchange FTX. Now, all I will say about this commercial is that I thought it was very funny until I realized it was a crypto ad. And it's Larry David throughout history uh, telling like people like the inventor of the wheel or the light bulb that their idea sucks. And then the joke being is that like, you know, uh, a, a, a buffoonish naysayer like that who would look at the invention of electricity as something to be scoffed at um, is exactly like people now who claim that uh, crypto is anything but a safe, secure investment asset. Did they have him like, you know, around like um, 32 AD? This guy is like, I'm the son of God. And he's like, no, you're not. Let's kill him. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, what I'm I would have done. Yeah. I'm going to go have a conversation with the local, uh, the local centurion. This guy's raising the rabble. Uh, <laughs> so I, that's the choice I would have made. I don't know if it's the right choice, but it's what I would have done if I was a director. Absolutely. You're going to drop a Sistari on this guy. Yeah, if you're, if you're against crypto, you would have killed Christ. 
<laughs> yeah, they should have been uh, Larry David approaching Punches Pilot. And Punches is like, here's your 30 pieces of silver. And Larry's like, 30? Really? How about 35? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, if we're if there are no rules anymore and there's sports gambling and Eminem is on the halftime show and there's crypto like that's, you know, that's the no rules country. This was all unimaginable, you know, 20 years ago, back before I was born. Uh, then we can just uh, have open anti-Semitism in the ads. Why not? OK, well, I, I guess like the last just have a crypto about- crypto ad where it's like, you know, the same people who tell you that crypto is a bad speculation, uh, it's a bad investment. They're the same people who stabbed us in the back during World War One, and us meaning Germany. <laughs> it's like, or like the opposite. He's telling people um, that bad ideas are good ideas. So it's like a, a, a Super Bowl commercial with Larry David and Hitler, and he's just like, uh, Führer, Führer, I gotta say, invading Russia during the winter, your best idea yet. <laughs> And then Susie Eisman could be there as like Ava Braun. And she's like, you stupid cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember what happened to Napoleon? I don't I don't I don't think we should let him into art school. Larry, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what you cost not letting him in? I don't think that would be a good ad. Uh, that, that's the rundown of the, the ads from the Super Bowl. And like I said, uh, like uh, they're setting the pace for like, you know, what we're going to get this year. I mean, Matt, I remember a while ago, you know, like uh, you said that like the Super Bowl ads of yesteryear used to be like corporate America would parcel out the memes that you yeah. got for that year. Yeah. And you got like you got four three or, or five four memes, memes a year that and, like, like half said, of them were in Super Bowl ads. And you'd be talking about it at the water cooler for the rest of the year. And now and now, now me, the, the meme turnover rate is like in microseconds. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, like the, the Super Bowl ads they, they, they and the Super Bowl as, as a whole you know, really do hold a mirror up to American society that kind of like projects where we're going. Mm-hmm. And based on on this latest Super Bowl ads, electric cars, ele- <laughs> electric cars that when you turn them on, um, the engine mines crypto and then blows up. Yes. <laughs> and locks you in, locks you in the car and then the battery superheats and then like causes a minor uh, uh, like thermonuclear explosion. Yeah. And then you will wash it down with a delicious... Uh, hard seltzer, which is the crypto of alcoholic beverages. <laughs> um, and I, I guess the, the, the last thing to really talk about um, regarding the Super Bowl is, of course, the halftime show. Felix, did, did you tune in just to watch the halftime show? No, I honestly, I didn't even watch that. I, um, I, was, uh, I was finishing the final series that I'm watching for This Is Us. I was watching uh, Queer as Folk and playing Sekiro. But then I saw people were tweeting about Eminem, and uh, you know I was like, Eminem has the biggest soul in the entire world, and, I, and he's he's perfect. I don't even know what he did. He took a knee. Oh damn. Yeah. No, Eminem. People on Twitter criticize Eminem, but he also like does the thing that they tell you you're supposed to do. Like he's sure. like he's going to Thanksgiving and he's confronting racist relatives. He he was married to a racist woman and killed her and put her in the trunk of his car. <laughs> That's why they broke up. Him and Kim broke up. And that's why he like kills his mom in that song. Eminem's awesome. I think he's like one of the greatest Americans. I think he like, yeah, has one of the biggest souls in the entire world. He has an amazing spirit. Uh, everything I've heard from people in Michigan, he's a great dad and he's he's perfect. And I he's love got a Taco Bell in his house. Yeah, he's sick. You say if you're like against it, you don't have to like Eminem's music. But if you're like against Eminem, fuck you. Well, it was really the thing was more based around Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, he's the first person that they show at the halftime show. And then there's Snoop and then there's 50 cent hanging upside down like a Dracula. He looked very <laughs> was- full of blood. He looked like a blood pinata. <laughs> that, that was the only uh, part of the Super Bowl halftime show that I was just like, what the fuck? Why did 50 Cent start out in the club hanging upside down like fucking Batman? Because it's cool, I'm going to guess. I don't know any other I, explanation. Uh, yeah, this is Chris from the edit. I'm just putting this in here to clown on these guys for none of them being able to realize that it's because that's from the In the Club music video. I mean, come on. And the only act they had who was like been uh, putting out new music in the last decade was Kendrick Lamar. Uh, but they never would have done a halftime show around him, I guess. Now, maybe after the weekend one nobody liked last year. But. Just seeing all those old ass dudes come out and just like rap while clearly suffering from arthritis, it really reminded me of the when the Who 
did the halftime show. Like, oh, that was that was really bad. And just like, but I mean, for the younger people who the people who were cringing at their pathetic boomer uh, parents who can't let things go, who are going crazy for the who your time has come as you watch them do California love from 25 years ago. Like it's Uh, over. Pack it up. Uh, not uh, well, <laughs> uh, your tweet about um your Wisconsin relatives watching <laughs> the, the halftime show. Yes, sitting that in- is one thing that I really love about the when they do try to d- do diversity in the uh in the halftime show is I just have you know very strong memories of watching football Super Bowls with my family members and I just imagine them whenever one like last year too with the weekend I just imagine them just arms crossed stony silence and then like maybe going to the bathroom not saying anything and then just like trying to trying to just will it to be over and then pretend it never happened well uh you know i well as you tweeted that um uh catherine's mom uh let us both know that she was hooting and hollering at your (laughs) trenchant observation of wisconsin life it's true Uh, she was not hooting and hollering at the 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 halftime halftime show though (laughs) no of course not (laughs) old people old people now though they're like most of the people in america who would be like shocked and appalled by everyone who is on the halftime show they're dead they've passed on they've gone into the land of spirits and ghosts and like you know my mom isn't seeing eminem and being like oh get him off the tv he's bad i mean your mom's cool yeah, and she lives in Chicago. Yeah, there are other people out in this country. Yeah, living but in like the hinterlands, could, and they are—they're just steaming piles of resentment. Yeah, I mean, I know about even, popular culture. I mean, even to them, like no one—I don't know—I don't think anyone's like shocked and upset by like Snoop Dogg anymore. No, I, I, that's, that's no. why I didn't say they were shocked. I'm saying they just were pissed and like sl- this surly about it, wishing that it was yeah, uh, Pete Frampton. <laughs> uh i mean who does you know who what's what's worse killing someone in self-defense like snoop dogg did or you know what doing looking, research looking for a up book? certain things on your computer it <laughs> was research research yeah i mean really that's, you know, that's pete townsend not pete frampton i meant well, we we're talking about the who <laughs> talking about the who if i said okay, frampton okay. i meant thompson okay. but they would love to see peter frampton too out there yeah. are you googling what i'm googling right now <laughs> <laughs> uh no i mean it's just like uh i mean the only the only the only person who was like pretended to be offended by the halftime show was fucking charlie kirk who described it as sexual anarchy that was that, very funny that pissed me off because that's just like he wanted people to quote tweet him he yeah. wanted people to quote tweet him he used the phrase sexual anarchy so he could bait people into the most vomit-inducing thirst traps of all time. Yep. The worst black flag anarchist thirst traps ever. <laughs> Just um, like, yeah, a, 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 a gross Kropotkin gut hanging over black jeans. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Get that out of here. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He's like, oh, they're gonna, oh, they're gonna ratio me. No, he wanted, he wanted people to propose the grossest pictures ever. Be like, oh, this is sexual anarchy. Um, uh, just one one other thread from the uh, Super Bowl halftime show that uh, I'd like to share here. Uh, this was clocked on Twitter. This was this was this was an exchange in the replies to the New York Post. Uh, covering uh, Snoop Dogg smokes weed right before a star-studded Super Bowl 2020 halftime show. Okay, uh, yeah, it's, that's what Snoop does. It's legal. Uh, but more interesting is the reply from uh, uh, someone who says, "And no mention of the tracksuit, Ukrainian colors, and traditional patterns. Not sure what he's smoking, but he's got my respect for his peaceful sign of solidarity." Uh, to which someone replied, those are the L.A. Rams colors. <laughs> Original poster says, true, but coincidentally, they're also Ukrainian colors. As for the embroidery, are they are the L.A. Rams big on that, too? Because traditionally, Ukrainians love it. Someone <laughs> follows up. Snoop is a crip, one of the most recognizable gangs in the world. That's the embroidery. And then someone says they like the culture, but don't understand the culture. Hashtag culture vultures to which the original poster replies, understand it. But the coincidence of the colors and patterns had a wider, far reaching positive message beyond the crip realm. That's why Putin decided not to invade. It's not that everyone freaked out uh, hysterically. Uh, It's because he was on the verge of doing it and he saw Snoop and he's like, oh, nope. 
There's too much solidarity with Ukraine in the United States. We can't risk it. Beyond the Crip Realm. <laughs> That's a film I'm working on right now. Oh, man. He's going to do a, a crypto ad where he like does a crypto walk. Oh, boy. That's going <laughs> to oh. suck. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Well, uh, that's our that's our front to back Super Bowl coverage. All right, okay. So, um, uh, moving into the Super Bowl, I thought we might uh, check in on Brandon. Let's go. Let's go. Let's have some Brandon analysis. Uh, his State of the Union is coming up, and I thought we would check in on a New York Times op ed by uh, David Axelrod, who has uh, taken to the page of the New York Times to give President Brandon, um. A little, a few home truths and some advice about what to do for his State of the Union. This is sort of like Team Obama is getting a little bit, uh, I don't know, how should I put it? They're getting a little bit frustrated with the, with the Brandon regime. And uh, this is, this is I, I think, is the opening salvo in their coming color revolution against uh, the Brandon regime. So here is David Axelrod, opinion. Mr. President, it's time for a little humility. And I got to say, right off the bat here, humility, that's the last thing Brandon needs to project to the country. He needs to, he need, he needs to be ego, braggadocio, stunting. That is the message that, that real Americans need and want to hear from President Brandon right now. They don't, I mean, they don't it's want very to, weird to, to, to say that he's, he's what, he's too cocky or whatever i mean isn't his entire thing just like yeah, oh, i'm he's sorry not even confident enough to i shouldn't have said that sentences. oh geez oh Anything like that, oh you know? soup yeah oh i shouldn't have said that yeah he just gives up halfway through oh, excuse me i'm sorry but ah oh. the only time he's confident is when a uh, a hefty gentleman <laughs> challenges even yeah when tra- yes. and he, it's specific type of fat guy like um, a classic fat guy that he recognizes like with the big gun um, then he goes cyan when he sees a fat guy. yeah not when when a modern fat guy like trump who's yeah, like, like a fred fat in all his like extremities barrel, like barrel all pe- people who got fat after nato he's like oh man you could interrupt him 78 times in a row over three hours if you're fat in that way and after probably the hundredth time he'll go would you quit yapping man um, I guess like, I'll, I'll frame this op-ed with a little bit of uh, a bit of industry gossip that uh, Chris shared with me. Um, and by industry gossip, I mean the left podcasts Reddit. Uh, I don't read this. Um, uh, Chris, Chris scans it. Or I don't know. Maybe Chris sent it to me. I'm not going this myself. I need to be clear. Either. I do not. I will never, ever read left podcast Reddit. What can I say? I got to keep up with industry news. This is like reading the trades for me. Uh, this says... Um, uh, here is what a Dem contributor and media tech investor told me last week. The Lib podcaster community, including the Pod Save Johns, David Axelrod, and a bunch of other Lib podcast hosts and producers, are extremely angry at the White House press office and Ron Klain because none of them can get Biden booked. They are all trying to help the administration keep the Dem base excited, and they have been openly promising to toss Joe the softest of softballs, but the White House keeps putting them off. Um, I'll just say this. If, if, if this is true, and the Pod Johns and David Axelrod are like, look, we, we got to keep the Dem base excited. We got to get some juice to the midterms. Like, Joe, come on. Like, like just, we, need, we need to get you just 40-minute interview. If they think that they are doing their cause any favor— by putting Joe Biden in, a, in, a, in, a, in any situation where he has to talk, even to the, the, the yeah. softest, the softest interviewer imaginable, where he has to talk for forty minutes essentially without a safety net, um, he would probably like, fuck what, up the question: Who is the president right now? Like the shit they ask you after you get a concussion. <laughs> Joe Biden has been. <laughs> Joe Biden has been booked on the Draw a Clock podcast. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, this is this is uh, David Axelrod's. Okay, sorry, just one more thing. Uh, David Axelrod counseling humility to Joe Biden, coming off of being like Obama's number one advisor. Obama, like the least humble man on the planet, the guy who has chosen to spend it, the guy who has chosen to spend his 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 sort of ex presidency, just being like, hey, yeah. everybody, I'm friends with Bruce Springsteen. Like we're actually yeah. best friends. We hang out all the time. He calls oh, me. Bungler, we have dinners together. Oh, Bungler has written like 78 autobiographies. Okay, so here, here's David Axelrod. Right now, the White House is gearing up for the president's first State of the Union address. 
His speechwriters are churning out drafts, gathering guidance from strategists and senior aides, and contending with fervent pleas from every agency of the federal government for a paragraph in the speech, even a sentence about their good works. The speech will command the largest television audience that the president is likely to enjoy this year, and the temptation will be, as it always is, to herald his achievements and declare that we have navigated the storm. But Mr. President, proceed with caution. Talk about the things you and Congress have done to help meet the challenges Americans are facing, for sure. Lay out your goals for the future, absolutely. Offer realistic hope for better days ahead. We desperately need it. But recognize that we are still in the grips of a national trauma. Polls show that the vast majority, the vast majority of Americans believe we are on the wrong track and people will have little patience for lavish claims of progress that defy their lived experiences. So, uh, David lived Axelrod experiences. here. <laughs> David, you're 75 years old. Stop it. You do not stop it. You don't have to say that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's like, okay, so, so he says, like, it, it, so he says, okay, yeah, um, you know, lay out your goals, provide hope for the future, you know, talk about the progress made, but, you know, like, d d don't tell Americans that life is good or getting better. I mean, like, he's setting Joe Biden up to fail here because what's really going on is just like, they're like, you have to be humble. Americans don't want to hear about all the good you've done or how things are getting better because they don't feel like it is getting better. What's really going on here is he has no fucking achievements to tout. He's got nothing. He's, he guys has absolutely nothing that would excite anyone or that he can point to to be like, hey, yeah. look, I did that. Thanks for voting for me. It's going to get better. So also, it has to be like, yeah, where the fuck was this during the guy you were working for? Where was it? Where was this when you were telling people how great Obamacare was for them? This thing that they fucking hated doing that now, if you look, if you look at the price of premiums, it's like you may as well have never done it. It was just a fucking giveaway to insurance. Where was this when Obama was spending all of 2016 pushing TPP? This is like when it's finally not you. That's when you notice things aren't getting better for people. <laughs> well, Felix, I think I, delusional. <laughs> God damn it. Well, Felix, I mean, I think the context is Obama. He was not president in the midst of a national trauma. You know, so people oh, are right, really traumatized yeah. right now, which is why you can't tout. <laughs> you can't tout the, the I don't know the child tax credit that you didn't get past <laughs> or every yeah. other thing you've reneged on. Yeah. People's lived experience right now is trauma. And, and Joe Brandon, he needs to, he needs to acknowledge that. It's, so it's, it's really interesting how it's racist to say this when, a, after Obama's presidency, but when it's not you, when it's not your responsibility, this is fine to say. Uh, Axelrod continues. Even if we are objectively in a stronger position than we were a year ago, I mean, not in terms of the number of people that are dying of COVID, but it's just in terms of the types of people that are dying of COVID. I mean, that's what's left unsaid here. We are in a better position than we were a year ago, closer to the end of this ordeal than the beginning. Americans are not celebrating. Millions have lost loved ones. Many continue to struggle with the effects of the virus. Kids lost valuable time in the classroom, and parents have struggled to cope. Healthcare workers are in crisis, and we have all felt the profound costs of our relative isolation away from family and friends, offices, and colleagues. <laughs> you, have people really felt, or are they really feeling the uh, profound effect of their separation from their office? I mean, I know Zoom calls are annoying, but I mean, I don't know about They're that. having sweet green withdrawal. <laughs> well, I mean, think about how deeply lonely Americans are. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, the offices, yeah, I mean, you do see people. Yeah, for some people, that's the yeah. only fucking that's thing true. they have, unfortunately. Unsurprisingly, incidents of suicide, drug overdose, deaths, and violence in our homes and on the streets have grown dramatically. You were playing opiate whack-a-mole when you were in office. You were having your response to overdoses was to have the DEA like, oh, oh, I guess we should ban this specific drug. Oh, we should do the, the, the fentanyl overdoses that we're seeing now from bathtub fentanyl. That's all you. That's all you. That's all what your DEA did. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, this is uh, frustrations with masks, mandates, and shifting rules have deepened our political divides. Jobs have come roaring back, raising wages. But those wage increases have been eaten up by inflation, the likes of which we have not seen in four decades. And all the while, the rich have gotten richer. Once again, unlike the uh, eight years you were in the White House, in which... <laughs> But hey, you know, infl inflation was down. Inflation did not go yeah. up under Obama. <laughs> yeah, no, this would be frustrating enough if this was just a guy who has been writing articles this whole time. 
That's true. Yeah. From, from, from David's perspective, an ideological standpoint. But from the, the Obama guy from Obama's, the first term Obama's like Carl Rove saying this, what, what were you doing? Did, did you not notice any of this? The State of the Union is stressed. To claim otherwise, to highlight the progress we have made without fully, without fully acknowledging the hard road we have traveled and the distance we need to go would seem off-key and out of touch. You simply cannot jawbone Americans into believing that things are better than they feel. I just like it's once again, it's like to highlight the progress we've made. Like, OK, like even if you thought it's a bad idea for Biden to highlight the progress we've all made, what would he do to fucking like to what, like uh, to fill out the hour or so of that state of the union address? Talk about all the wonderful progress America has made. I think he should whittle. <laughs> I think that would be charming. That's like old man behavior that people like. Reminds people maybe like their 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 nice grandpa. Because I mean, like like he, he like he, he's 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 trying to find a way to like uh, like deal with this problem of like according to him, like we've made all this progress, but Americans still feel stressed and upset, and like their life is slipping away from them, you know. But it's like like what accounts for that gap? I mean, surely all this progress we've made, like you know, why don't people feel better? Why like why don't people why don't people aware that like you know the end is just? I right guess because I mean with the premise of this article i guess it's because brandon hasn't been humble enough have we gotten yet to like the actual argument like what he wants brandon to do yet well let's continue let's let's see what he wants to do specifically at a news conference on the eve of his first anniversary in office president biden tried he energetically he energetically (laughs) he energetically (laughs) one way to look at it one way to interpret it no wrong (laughs) citation needed on that one he energetically (laughs) sold a litany of achievements record job growth, a massive and complex vaccine mobilization, a historic rescue act and landmark infrastructure. <laughs> what? A, <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the, a landmark infrastructure bill forged with bipartisan support. God, I mean, like if, if that is really what he's got to, I mean, it's like, if that's the highlight of his state of the union address, we did it. We passed by the bipartisan infrastructure, reg, uh, infrastructure bill. Folks, the, the, the few, Twenty five percent fewer bridges will collapse next year. <laughs> now, now, now we can't we can't get can't say there's not going to be any bridges collapse because let's be realistic. But but your your likelihood that you're going to be on a bridge when it collapses is going to go down several percentage points. Did you see that? Like uh, when when Brandon traveled to Pittsburgh to to yes, loud the infrastructure bill immediately <laughs> a bridge in Pittsburgh collapsed the day of the got immediately. There. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and as people have noticed, it was a bridge in which like the foundations had completely rusted out for years. Like yeah. one of the one of the like, structural beams was literally like unconnected to the foundation. Yeah, they, the had, they had like some fucking chains to keep it up. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh, more bridges than any other city in the world. We love. And they're all going to be fine. <laughs> we, uh, Brandon's going to fix them. Um, it says uh, he did acknowledge the trials this country has endured, but only sparingly. He got the emphasis and proportions wrong, spending more time pitching his successes and touting progress than he did recognizing the grinding concerns that have soured the mood of the country. So wait a minute. So he should say, yeah, everything sucks and I have no way of fixing it. <laughs> I mean, I would appreciate uh, yeah. that, but I don't really know if that's politically savvy. I mean, I mean, honestly, maybe Axelrod is right. Maybe that would be more politically savvy than trying to sell people this load of shit that like, yeah. you know, oh, our, our, our infrastructure's fixed, Max. Our infrastructure's fixed, and you know, like, uh, you know, help is coming. Everything, everything's good. No, if he just came out like shambled out there and was just like, "Guess we haven't done much. Can't do anything. Uh, none of these problems. I have no idea how to fix them. Only going to get worse." Bye, everybody. Uh, he goes here. We learned that lesson in the Obama White House at the height of the Great Recession, and even when it was technically and demonstrably over. The trauma from that catastrophe ran so deep that gaudy claims of progress met with an angry backlash from Americans still grappling economically and emotionally with its effects. We learned to pitch progress delicately and always with a focus on the continuing struggles of the middle class as they tried to recover their financial footing from the crash and decades of shifting fortunes. How did that go? How did that delicate pitch go? Is there, are we still, are we still, hey, they got reelected. Yeah, no, he got reelected. Once they leave office, it's not their problem anymore. Yeah, no, that's the only thing that's that matters. That's how it works for everybody. You kick the can down the road until you have uh, vested your options. And then it's somebody else's problem. I am really impressed that a man of David's age 
can exhibit the flexibility required to suck his own cock in this way. <laughs> Incredible work, Dave. Uh, rhetorically and substantively, uh, and substantively, Barack Obama made the cause of those Americans his focus and set up a deliberate contrast between himself and the Republicans that helped him win a second term in 2012. And, yeah, and then they solved all those problems. Um, yeah. Even <laughs> even if the Omicron wave has greatly receded by the time Mr. Biden speaks, which may be what the White House was hoping for when his address to Congress was delayed until March 1st, the lingering effects of the pandemic still will be with us. The nation likely will still be in a funk and its people will want to hear their president recognize why. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a funk, gang. Got to get out of this funk. We, 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 we're, we're, we're not parliament funk at all. We, we don't want the funk. It is not that Americans are yearning for a lugubrious speech freighted with lamentations about our damaged national spirit without a sense of direction or hope. <laughs> Sounds like that's what Americans do want. Because if you know if you're blowing, don't don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Just just piss in my mouth and tell me to say thank you. I can't yeah, wait to what vote is, for you. Like, what does he you like? Uh, tout the achievements, but not too much. Acknowledge how sh things are shitty, but uh, imply that there's a hope, even though everyone knows there isn't. Like, what the hell is he asking? Well, I feel so bad for poor Brandon yeah, right now. Yeah, honestly. well, what, what David's doing is while he's bending over to suck his own cock, he's also taking his hands and covering his own ass. It's it's yes. like, oh, uh, why doesn't he do what we did, which was like display humility and address the real problems that Americans are facing, but all you know, also. Um, you know, tout your achievements, but not too much, you know, like we did, like, like, as you can see with our incredible success, when we got reelected, don't ask us about anything else that happened, but, uh, also yeah, display, display humility. Like we always did. Yeah, exactly. That's how <laughs> yeah. it all boils down to like whatever this impossible combination of things you're asking of him, what would that look like in, in practice? The Obama administration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the that, most yeah, successful exactly. administration in history. Why? They got reelected. Re what else you yeah, want from them? The only thing that matters. There's don't ask yep. about midterms. Don't ask about the presidential election immediately after we got reelected. It's the only fucking thing that matters. I, I mean, I honestly, I think if Joe Brandon ran again, he would get reelected. He would fulfill fulfill the conditions of success that David here is is facing. And I think, by and large, we'll have the exact same midterm results that Obungler did. Maybe even yeah. slightly better. I don't know. Amid an energy crisis that triggered sprawling gas lines in 1979, President Jimmy Carter gave a remarkably introspective televised address in which he discussed the crisis of confidence that had gripped the nation and called for a sacrifice to change our energy future. Yeah, okay, he's, he's he about to say, he's about to say, like, the malaise speech was a fuck up, but that's yep. what you're asking him to do. You want him to do like your 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 advice to Joe Brandon is do the malaise speech speech, but don't have people get mad at you. Okay, great. I can see <laughs> I can see why you make the fucking big bucks. Holy shit! It became known as the malaise speech, though Mr. Carter never actually used that word. <laughs> and while it briefly lifted his standing, his stark address, coupled with the firing of several cab cabinet members a few days later, ultimately deepened the political crisis he was facing. There is. A balance to be struck. So oh, I mean, just is, do the good. God. Just do a good job. Oh my God! Is this the advice he was giving Obama? Now I somehow feel bad for Obama. Okay, so what you're, you're, what, you're what you're gonna want to do, sir, is you're gonna want to do a combination of the malaise speech, but without the part where people get mad at you. You're gonna want to take a little bit of that, and then you're gonna want to take the speech from Independence Day. And then you're going to want to take <laughs> you're going to want to take read my lips, no new taxes, but there won't be new taxes. And then you're going to want to take you're going to want to take a little bit of what Reagan did. And then you're going to you're going to mix it all together with fear itself um, and just take out the parts of any of those that people didn't like. And you should be good. Yeah. This uh, this balance that he wants to be struck here, like his advice to uh, Joe Brandon here is similar to my advice um, uh, for anyone who's uh, uh, gambling on sporting events. Just pick winners. Yeah, easy. Yeah, exactly. You have a You'll, gambling problem. It's because you are not doing a good bad, job of gambling. You're bad at gambling. Your problem is that you're, you you don't know how to pick winners. You're betting on yeah. the losing teams. You don't know how to you don't know how to uh, you don't know how to uh, do the over under. You don't know about the spread. Just be better at gambling and you'll always make money. Yeah. Brandon, be better at presidenting and uh, communicating about president. Yeah, if you're having trouble with crypto, 
buy low and sell high. Yeah, you were doing the opposite, you fucking moron. What's wrong with you? All right, so so here's the balance. What Americans want to hear is a genuine understanding of what we have been through together and a clear path forward. Less about Mr. Biden's accomplishments than about the heroic unsung sacrifices that so many have made to see their families and communities through. I love it. it's like less about Mr. Biden's accomplishments, which don't exist. Yeah. And more, and more about the accomplishments of the heroic unsung heroes of America who have, you know, lost their jobs or family members over the last. So he's few basically years. saying take the part of the uh, the classic component of every State of the Union address where the, the president tells a story about some uh, everyday hero and then they cut to them in the balcony and everybody claps. Just do that for the whole speech. Just do the entire thing as shout outs. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to hear from those kindergarten teachers. I want to hear from those nurses. I want to hear from the astronaut that was at the international space station for the last two years and uh, just got COVID as soon as he got back, but he's getting, (laughs) he's he's getting better. And you know, uh, we've got the vaccine to him too. Um, Okay. It says here, uh, let's see here. Um, I always just say uh, they, they will want to hear less about his transformative legislation than the specific practical steps Mr. Biden has taken and is recommending to help reduce inflation, curb violent crime, and of course, effectively confront any future waves of the virus. They want it less to be about him than us. I like the idea that like they OK, like they don't want to hear about all of his transformative legislation. This implies that there is transformative legislation for him to talk to America about. Yeah, it's like he's arguing that, like, no, he's doing a great job. They're doing all this good stuff, but everyone still feels bad, I guess, because they're dumb. uh, And you need not you can't uh, alienate them by acting too cocky about your real accomplishments. It should be less about him than us. This should come naturally to the president. From the beginning of his long political career, Mr. Biden's great strength has been his preternatural ability, empathy. Born of his personal tragedies and his ability to speak in authentic, resonant ways about the everyday challenges facing people in working class communities like Scranton, Pennsylvania, where he was born and partly raised. Middle Class Joe is a nickname he earned over the years, a reflection of his values and sensibilities. Many national politicians speak the language of Washington. Mr. Biden, at his best, speaks American. Now he needs to find that voice by telling the story of the ordeal so many Americans have shared, honoring their resilience and painting a credible, realistic picture of how we can all reclaim control of our lives. I think that what he should do is, because so, yeah, talking about regular people, but like, you can't be talking, you know, ah, the this nurse, she spent, you know, she did 48 straight hours in a COVID unit with no backup. You can't keep telling those stories. People are going to start being like, wow, everything's pretty fucked up. I think he should just get a bunch of uh, successful uh, Twitch streamers and influencers up there and just talk about how they were able to, to grind their way to uh, affiliate deals. Yeah. And that gives uh, people uh, a sense or, of hope. Yeah, or get, Listen, like, get Armenians who uh, are able to buy new BMWs because of crypto. I want to. I want to talk about. He's in the audience tonight. The the son of Turkish immigrants who, who took took a little a little Twitch stream, a little, little playing video games. He's bought a house and a car now, Mac. That that's yep. an that's the American dream. Hassan, stand up. Yep. Hassan. Yeah. I mean, Hassan. Look, look at this guy. Look at that. Look at this guy. He's a handsome guy. Look at this Mac over here. Look. Look out. I mean, okay. If he showed <laughs> Hassan instead of like. You know, like the usual thing of like, oh, this cop adopted like a baby who was uh, his mom was a fentanyl patch and his dad was a veteran. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they were like, here's look how big he is. Look at this big, tall, swaggy guy. Everyone would be happy. That's what Trump wanted to always do. But his stupid like Stephen Miller was like, oh, show this show this cop who stole a baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit like that. No, no, no. Uh, Trump wanted to have like uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, he's wanted to get Tom Brady, stand up. Look how handsome he yeah. is. Well, it's just like, uh, get, get some, get, hey, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, you lost the Super Bowl, but you're the, you're, you're the, you're the most goaded white boy in America right now. Stand up. Let's, oh, give him yeah. a hand, let's give him a round of applause. There should be a focus on like, you know, white boys with swag. Joe Burrow, yeah. Joe Burrow, uh, Jack Harlow, and Caleb. <laughs> I mean, once again, giving people hope. Listen, listen here, Mac. You might you might be out there thinking, I, I, I'm just I'm just another white boy. How, how am I supposed to make it in this this new this new world? I, I'm telling you, you 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 can get swag. Look look at these young men. 
They're, they're going to, with the sauce. I want to talk about about little boy, little boy, little boy growing up. He, he said, they said, they said, look, you'll never be a wide receiver. You're white. Cooper Cup is now a Super Bowl champion. Stand up, Cooper. I think that would be beautiful. Yeah, no, he needs to focus on on swagged out white boys. Yeah, I think we saw that's the that. only way to get back uh, his his base. I mean that that's speaking to the middle class. That's like we've been through trauma together, but there is hope. There is hope if if you study hard enough. If you study swag hard enough, you can be a goaded, crazy ass white boy. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Uh, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I mean, football, the big game. We love it. I think they're both champions. Joe Burrow, big game Burrow. You're the you you are the new Tom Brady, sir. I salute you and the great city of Cincinnati. So uh, that's it for today's show. Um, happy Valentine's Day to everyone, and especially to Catherine Krieger. Love you. Yeah. To my future Valentines, you're out there. Next year, we're going to be together, and I will. I, I'll. I'll put a little fella. I'll put a little friend frog inside of you. <laughs> we're going to have a little oh. friend a year and nine months from now. Oh, what you don't you don't God. like that? Ugh. <laughs> you don't want like well, a actually, little friend to pop out my little triplet friends my little frogs my triplet frogs they're in my friend brides actually womb. you know we were talking about it at the beginning of the show uh julia fox single now she yeah it's oh, true she's out there yeah, julia fox felix julia fox and then, and then kanye could have another manic episode where he does like 50 instagram posts about how like felix has aids <laughs> and he's like never gonna meet you <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm his match because he'll be like you know with pete davidson he, pete davidson's like no i don't have aids or i need to hire bodyguards but kanye's like you have aids i'll be like yeah i have fail aids pulls clothes <laughs> he's never run into a boy like, like me and like Julia Fox, we already know she loves soulful, swaggy artists from Chicago who are Gemini's. Well, what about what about one who would be nice to you, like me? One who you could watch them play video. You could games. watch me play video games. I, um, you know, I have a guest bedroom for nights that you don't want to sleep with me. Um, <laughs> I have two. I know that there's been a lot of talk about me not having a couch. Well, I have two of them now. Oh, I yeah. order. I order no, I, food I, I, when. You, you could ask any woman I've ever been with. I always order food for both of us. He's been uh, ordering food. Uh, Julia Fox, if you're listening, I am shipping you and Felix Biederman so hard right now, but mainly because I want to see Kanye on his Instagram story. Post a feeler, picture of Felix that says, look at this gay motherfucker. His dad looks like Saddam Hussein <laughs> and is dead. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Kanye would meet his match with me. I don't think there's anything he could say to me that I haven't already said about myself. You know, be, oh, talk about Eminem. That'd be like eight mile. I do have AIDS. My dad is fucking dead. I, I have fail AIDS. <laughs> I'm fail. I'm gay. My dick's small. I'm a fucking bum. I am best friends with my mom. I think, yeah, no. She's out there. Uh, my Valentine, whether it's Julia Fox or another woman, I think next year, uh, we'll both be together, and yeah, you'll have my little friends in your room. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy bye Valentine's bye. Day, folks. Love you all. Just an old fashioned love song. Why should they?